Hi guys, welcome to Cat on the Loose. This week I am so excited. Our guest is Wesley Willis and I'm going to let him explain to us why he's called the nurse doc. And he's here live via Zoom. Hi, well, Wes, Wesley, right? Yes. <laughs> Thank you Thanks, so Kat. much. <laughs> so explain to us why people call you the nurse doc. Okay, so yeah, I'm called the nurse doc uh, because, so uh, by education and training, I am a registered nurse uh, and I'm also a psychologist. Uh, so I have a doctorate in psychology. Uh, so uh, a few years ago, uh, a patient of mine was like, well, why don't you call yourself a doctor? I was like, well, because I was a nurse first. And he's like, well, maybe you should just call yourself nurse and then doc. And I was like, okay, I like the sound of that. Why not? Let's go with it. <laughs> that makes sense. Sounds great. But how did you end up um, working with couples? And maybe if you can explain to us, a lot of people, I guess a lot of my viewers are like me. They don't really understand what cognitive, cognitive behavior therapy is. Can you explain to us? Yeah, the way that I got to working with couples was uh, prior to that, I, when I started my career in mental health and treating patients, I started out as a, actually a trauma therapist. Uh, and after several years of really that being uh, overwhelming, because it can be overwhelming working with patients who are sexually abused and uh, violated and all of those things, you get like kind of sometimes emotionally drained. So I was at the point where I got burned out. So I went and did some postdoc studies in marital and family therapy mm -hmm. uh, because even in um, in terms of like with working with trauma, I think it's all about relationships. Also, I always believed in the power of relationships and that being important in people's mental health. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> so that's how I got into treat like uh, as a relationship therapist. Uh, and that's been the bulk of my practice for a, a few years now. Um, and so as a CBT practitioner, uh, working as a cognitive behavioral therapist practitioner, uh, I've always found it to be so useful for patients to set goals and also have, uh, you know, kind of like have measurable things in their life to where they get to, uh, <clears throat> and never any pun to my, uh, psychotherapist colleagues, uh, who practice other modalities. Uh, I just found that, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, I found that my patients were getting better sooner mm -hmm. uh, and actually at the same time transitioning out of therapy uh, and I think that that's what I think that that's what therapy is about is be is getting uh, in there, get working on some really skills, tools, uh, and CBT does that mm -hmm. uh, so that patients can kind of move on and do things better in their life, whatever their issues were uh, by getting to those goals. It sounds, uh, so, yeah, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go yeah. ahead. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. I, I, it sounds really, really interesting, but is it just for couples or, or singles too? Yep. CBT it can uh -huh. be treated for a whole host of uh, issues uh, and diagnoses. So singles, uh, we treat it, we use CBT to treat uh, young adults. Uh, my practice, I don't treat children under the age of 13. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> and so, so yeah, so children, adults, families, uh, what it hasn't shown to be very effective with is individuals with personality disorder and those being individuals who have things like narcissistic personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, because they have, um, because they're quite more challenging and the other model modalities have shown to be more effective. Mm -hmm. And how do you think someone figures out that they would benefit from it? 
So I think one of the things that I do in my practice is I explain it from patients very at the very beginning. I'm like, hey, guys, you know, when you come in, you're going to be responsible for doing homework uh, and journaling and reading. Uh, and that's what CBT is really about, because patients get to spend 45, only 45 minutes with me, but they live with themselves for 24 hours a day, seven days. Right. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, so, yeah, so I tell them at the very beginning, hey, if you are someone who really doesn't want to be uh, really committed by doing the, these really uh, sometimes what people feel is like a chore, uh -huh. uh, then this is not going to be the right type of work for you. Oh, okay. No, yeah. So how long does it usually take? How long do you work with people usually? So typically my patients that are in my practice eight to 10 months. Okay. Uh, they start out typically weekly and then they go to bi-weekly mm -hmm. uh, after we see some symptoms decrease in terms of like emotions, like rage, anger, uh -huh. uh, sadness, and then hopefully like kind of like maintenance up until the end. Oh, wow. Sounds amazing. You deal with everything. Now, do you think there are any secrets or any key points that you tell your patients, your clients in regards to having a long lasting relationship? Most definitely. Uh, that communication is key. I always have my patients at the very beginning. I don't even have to know. <laughs> the first, the three things, sex, money, or communication is the problem. Really? <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's kind of like that simple. Uh, so those are going to be one of the three things that I know is already can know that is going to be the issue. Uh, and then kind of like tuning in, listening to kind of like that inner voice uh, when things are going on, like arguments. And also owning that, uh, I think, is like the key to is the key to say, you know what, honey, I heard you say uh, and it really like offended me. And I want to make sure that, that you meant that uh, because sometimes a lot of times, not even sometimes, a lot of times what we hear or what we thought we heard uh isn't what the, how the person intended and when we're in relationships hurt feelings you know kind of <laughs> go on like from month to month to year to year yes uh, <laughs> it's so true so yeah start talking about it it, it kind of permeates the way we think and the way we hear from our partner uh-huh but how do you fix that you said yeah i think that's what most people complain about sex money and communication so like, for example, now during the pandemic, a lot of couples are home spending a ton of time together, even boyfriends and girlfriends and money's tight for a lot of families. How do you fix that in this craziness or can you at least start getting in the process of fixing it? Mm -hmm. So in my practice, we go through like several cognitive distorted thoughts that are kind of common. Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess that somebody would say that oh, what's common. Uh, so we do things like talk about magical thinking, mind reading. Uh, we talk about things like dichotomous thinking, like you either love me or you hate me. So it can be no gray areas. So when we kind of identify like those uh, what we call schemas or challenging kind of thought patterns that people create, uh, then we start kind of like talking about, well, what kind of emotion does it does, does that hear when you think my partner is speaking for me or that, uh, you know, that I'm mind reading my partner. So, oh, she's not going to believe what I would say. So I just choose not to say say that to her, you know. So we talk about things like anxiety that comes up uh, before that and talk about, well, how great was that anxiety that if you talk to your wife about the fact that you wanted to buy a new car or that you bought a new car, uh, that she would be upset. Well, 90%. Well, what made you think something like that? Well, she's acted like that before. Mm, well, okay. She's acted like that before. Tell me more. <laughs> you know. And so then they kind of get to like, you know what? 
she's like my biggest cheerleader. I really <laughs> owed it to her. And she probably would have said, hey, yeah. But now <laughs> we have this whole big argument because I chose to keep it a secret uh -huh. because I was afraid of how she would react. I see. So you do think it's possible to get through this pandemic without getting divorced? <laughs> Yes, I do. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> I have a lot of friends that they just pretty much gave up on the marriage. They're like, I can't handle it. Now, how about single people? There, I know there are also a lot of single people who have been struggling with depression, with sadness, with loneliness, or like just fighting with their boyfriends and girlfriends. What would you suggest? Because communication is a little harder, right? When you don't live with a person every day. Exactly, exactly. Well, I feel like even singles are even actually even better or much more fun um, <laughs> because you get to kind of the, the because they get to kind of like set the pace for their relationship. Talk about their their do's and their don'ts in a relationship. Like, is it okay to use my toothbrush? Is it not okay to use my toothbrush? Is it okay to, you know, especially in the age of social media, is it okay to get DMs from, you know, someone of the opposite sex or or to go out to a party with a friend of the opposite sex? So they get to kind of like put those kind of things down as uh -huh. opposed to kind of before they, uh, after they got to the altar, they just kind of automatically assumed you knew like, what do you mean you didn't think it would be a problem <laughs> if you was getting a text message from a pretty girl on your DMs? Um, so singles, I feel like get to get to kind of like uh, plan it out a whole lot more, especially which is what cognitive behavioral therapy gets to do. Um, and so in terms of like the sadness and the depression, just like talk about that inner voice so what's telling you you know kind of like that you're sad or what makes you recognize that and hopefully most times people can recognize well you know i don't have a girlfriend or i don't have a boyfriend or i feel really lonely uh and then after you kind of help them break through those things like uh learning how to be grateful and meditation and mindfulness they realize actually you know what i've always had somebody all the time but they don't love me in that way well what if you talk to them uh, about because people the can't just automatically read your mind as right. much as you would love for them to be able to. <laughs> <laughs> so, that is so true. So yeah. yeah, most of the time we just don't say what we think, and then we don't understand why the other person doesn't understand us, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 150%. That makes so much sense. Now, do you think online dating and dating apps, which now are being used more than ever? Before the pandemic, they were already popular, but now this year they like exploded. Do you think they make dating easier or they actually make dating more complicated? Mm, I mean, that's a really good <laughs> question. I think it does make, uh, I think it does make it a bit more complicated. Uh, one, because I just think about kind of like patients that I've been seeing who have been doing the online dating a whole lot, probably more so uh, than before. And they're in their heads so much. Uh, and I, especially, I feel like I, I'm not a millennial, uh, but, you know, <laughs> they talk about things like, oh, I don't want to reach out to him because I feel like I'm doing too much, or he may think I'm thirsty, or she may think I'm overly zealous. Well, what made you say that, <laughs> you know, versus actually asking the person, hey, you know, I, you know, I sent your text message a couple of days ago and, you know, I didn't get a response right away. So I'm just checking in. Is everything okay? Mm -hmm. Versus saying, oh, they're not interested or all of those other things. So again, like what we say, it's, we're always in our yeah. head. So I think it's made it so much more complex and so much more complicated than it has to be. I think I agree with you. <laughs> so what would you say to those who are listening to us 
and they think they might benefit from therapy, they might benefit from your cognitive behavior therapy, but they're intimidated or they're shy, they don't know exactly what, what how it is. What would you say to these people? Like, how do you take the first step? Well, the, I mean, the first step is it's so readily available nowadays. I'm, yeah. I've been a, so I've been a teletherapist for three years. Wow. So I, even before COVID, uh, I was doing therapy via video. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's exploded in terms yeah. of like the access uh, for people and the insurance. Uh, so definitely like shop around, like go on things like Psychology Today and all of mm -hmm. these other great platforms. Uh, that are that are coming out and don't be afraid to say you know what this is what I think I would benefit from uh, this or this is what I don't think will work for me uh, you know sometimes people are like you know I want I don't want to I want a therapist who's interactive mm -hmm. uh, versus somebody says so how, how does that make you feel uh, <laughs> and kind of yeah. like detach uh, so don't be afraid to say what you need because that's what we're here for uh, and therapists, just like uh, you know, your partner, your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend, we can't read your mind. Uh, we would love to. <laughs> We'd all be rich. <laughs> I know, so, yeah. right? So how do people, f obviously, you do this therapy online. So anybody anywhere in the United States, that's great. Even before COVID, it was great. But now I think a lot of people still want to do it from home. So you can schedule a meeting with you like we're doing now via Zoom. Yep, so exactly. it doesn't really matter where people are based. You can do it from home, from the comfort mm -hmm. of your home. And tell people how do they reach you. You have a podcast yourself, right? Yes, I do. I it's do. super so, cool, uh, by I the way, a, guys. I have a, a weird thing, actually. So I've been a streamer because since I was like, okay, three years ago, I bought these cameras and, and uh, mics and stuff like that. So I started YouTubing. Uh -huh. uh, so I'm a YouTuber and I've like created like over 100 different videos in terms of live streaming uh talking about kind of relationship issues mental health stuff mm -hmm. and tips from like guest experts and uh by myself and then i kind of branched out into the podcast because of several listeners was like hey doc i like listening to what you have to say <laughs> but you know i don't like having to be committed to watching it on youtube i wouldn't like put it so on people the have the option <laughs> yeah right. no i did watch your videos they are super super cool but i love your podcast I think it's fabulous. Can you tell people uh, what your Instagram and the name of your podcast and everything so they can find you? Yep. So my Instagram is the nurse doc. So all the nurse word, doc. I love that name. <laughs> N-U-R-S-E-D-O-C. So that's my Instagram and my Twitter and uh -huh. uh, like my um, Facebook. Uh, and my podcast is on iTunes, Apple Podcasts and those sources, uh -huh. the relationship talk with the nurse doc. And you, you drop new episodes every week? Yep. Every every Friday morning, uh -huh. I typically have on uh, things like a guest, like a transformation coach, uh -huh. uh, individuals like this past month. Uh, I, we find ourselves sometimes, unfortunately, caught up in uh, domestically violent or... Oh, yeah, uh, I heard that one. Yeah, that was super so interesting. I had several... Uh, yeah. podcasts and videos talking about domestic violence and yeah. intimate partner violence. Yeah, I did listen uh, and I thought that was super cool that you mentioned that because we, here my podcast is usually very light and we joke about bad dates and good dates and bad relationships. But yeah, there is the, the dark side of uh, uh, abuse and, and, and mental abuse 
physical abuse. So if anybody out there listening, that is super important that they feel that they can reach out and talk to an expert. So fantastic. I am most definitely not an expert, but you are. So if anybody out there has like more serious issues, I think you are a great guy that they can talk to. I have a feeling you're going to end up on TV with your own relationship talk show because you have all the looks and and you're great and i love your videos and i love all your episodes <laughs> well thank you so so very much i really i really appreciate that <laughs> it's been a it's been a fun journey uh, i never would have thought like as a young kid that this would be kind of like where i was but i love my patients i love their <laughs> stories uh and helping see them kind of like grow just like really makes my day i think it must make a lot of difference so guys if you want to know more about cognitive behavior therapy or more about his work uh take a look at his instagram it's super super interesting the nurse doc and i love your podcast i i totally recommend it thank you so much for spending this monday with us I really appreciate it. And I know I'm going to be flooded with questions because usually after I drop the episode, that's when questions come. So I will most definitely invite you to come back if you can. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Wesley. Have a great week. The Nurse Doc guys. Yeah, thank you.